Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. How are you this morning? I'm awesome, Amy. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Um, Beautiful. I love the backdrop. Well, thank you. This is my office. <laughs> nice. This is a corner of my house because of shelter in place and all that fun stuff. <laughs> Tell me where you're at. I'm in Redlands, California. Redlands, California. Okay, so you guys can't even really, like you can go outside and hike and and, and walk. Nope, they're saying no, go on that too. We're having all kinds of fun here because we've got these crazy laws coming up in San Bernardino County where I live. They have a, a law now that if you're caught outside not wearing a mask, then you get fined $1,000. But if you're caught outside wearing a mask that works, they'll take it away from you because only the medical workers are allowed to wear the N95 masks. So you can't wear one that works or they'll take it away, but you have to wear one that doesn't or they'll find you $1,000. So lots of fun. And at every trailhead out here is a police car. At every trailhead. They're not letting anybody outside on the trails. And it's like, you know, one thing you need in this is to get outside and get fresh air and sunshine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're doing everything they can to prevent that. So there's just a lot of misunderstanding and weirdness. Oh, big Where are time. you? Big time. I'm in uh, Mesa, Arizona. Oh, gotcha. So um, luckily, well, I'm not going to get political here. <laughs> <laughs> I have my opinions on stuff. But luckily, we're not in an area where um, they're saying you can't be out. You can't, you know, go and do things. They're in, and they're not even requiring a mask. And, you know, I've got mixed opinions on whether the masks really help or don't help because most people aren't using them the right way. Um, you know, and like, for instance, my mom had a transplant surgery right as this was breaking Ooh. out. Mm -hmm. So I have, and I lived with my mom and dad for 30 days afterwards um, to help with her recovery mm -hmm. in that initial period. And so gloves and masks and, and um, clothes that we wore outside of the house that got taken off immediately and put into the laundry when we entered back into the house. You know, understanding how that process works, I get it. I was with a high-risk person, um, and we need to, you know, take all kinds of pr precautions that we can, but people are, are dumb. I, I, uh, that's not very <laughs> People are misguided uninformed, and I think better misinformed. One of the biggest things, Amy, that gets me with this is the, the public misunderstanding of what government's role is. Because this whole flatten the curve thing, right at the very beginning, they said flatten the curve does not limit the number of people that get sick. All it does is spreads them out so that we don't overload the system. And the government's role is to protect the system, not you and me. Right. 
And people need to understand that because they're like, oh, stay in house, shelter in place so you don't get sick. Well, no, people, you're going to get this thing in your body and it's up to you to build a body that can withstand it. That is not the government's job. No. Yeah. You know, your, your, your stimulus check is not going to make you healthy. <laughs> well, okay, so listen. I mean, we, you and I could go on and on forever. We're both in a health and wellness place. So I think we come from a very different perspective when we talk about this, you know, virus. Number one, I've never been afraid because I take care of my body. I know that my body can withstand and, and be okay in many, many different situations because I don't have the overexposures. I don't have the added stresses on it that, you know, one little thing is going to set off a whole chain reaction inside my body. Um, I, I forgot totally where I was going <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but you're right. You, you know, the people that are looking to the government to solve everything is look how well our government does with so many things. You know, seriously, people, do you really want them taking care of something like this? No, you don't. Let the private sector do their thing um, because we're pretty well versed in all of this and quit shutting us down in the health and wellness industry that can actually actually help your mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah out instead of saying, oh, wait a minute, you're not FDA regulated, so you can't talk about, you know, what you want to talk about. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, with you. I'm with you. We're there. We're there. Rant over. But there's a lot of clueless people out too. And what I say when I mean clueless is they're just self-absorbed. That's what we're dealing with is a lot of very self-absorbed people that they're not thinking about anybody but themselves. And they're not thinking about themselves properly. Well, they're not. No. But That's the stimulus checks, that cracks me up is because we're giving... We're giving the people who are already collecting the unemployment are already getting, you know, and it's like <sighs> freebie. You and I could go, you and I could go down the rabbit hole real easy. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. You need to be taking care of the employers and the people who are actually going to be, you know, promoting this and you know, economy when we get it jump started again. You know, let's let's talk to them. The self-employed, you know, let's talk to them. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to this virus, my my number one message that I've been working diligently to get out is the person responsible for my staying healthy is me. The person responsible for you staying healthy is you. And when I go into a grocery store and I see shelves of processed food completely empty and I see produce sections completely packed full, then we are doing a damn piss poor job of taking care of ourselves. And that's what people need to hear. Well, Belden, and, and, and we need, oh, we are recording, so we, we, we can be taking bits out of this piece and, cool. and putting, you know, out in, into that. But um, you're absolutely right. When chronic disease is six out of 10 adults now have a chronic disease. And, and not only six out of 10 adults have a chronic disease, your lifestyle choices determine whether you're going to get that chronic disease or recover from it. So we're talking diet, we're talking exercise, and we're talking environmental toxins. So 
all within your power, all within your control of whether you're going to age healthy. So, oh my God, Amy, (laughs) you're saying that dying from coronavirus is a completely preventable option. Oh my God. What? Right? (laughs) And without a vaccination, go figure. No, go figure. Go figure. We put out a new program at the beginning of this. It's a free program. We're giving it away worldwide. Immunity Jumpstart. And Immunity Jumpstart is all about what the body needs to create an antibody because the thing is an antibody is a living being. It's a living creature. And if you don't understand that that living creature has to have the right building blocks in order for your body to build it. But the beauty is even if you do have a chronic disease now, You can build your immune system faster than you can get rid of that chronic illness. You can get rid of it too. Yeah. But you can build your immune system faster just by putting the right building blocks in there. It's like it doesn't take a long time. It just takes purposefulness. Effort. Yes. Effort. And be yes, yes. Okay. So let's get into the let's All right, let's do this. Here. So I'm gonna take just one moment. We're going to pause. I'm going to say a prayer over our time before we get started. And then I will take like about a three second pause. And then I do the intro and everything all, all inclusive here. So I'll sit here, I'll sit here and be handsome. Oh, you just do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Dear Heavenly Father, I am so grateful for the blessings that you have provided in my life. I am grateful for the people that you continue to introduce into my world so that we can spread this message of health and well-being and that we all have the ability to have good health. Lord, I just ask that you put onto our lips the words that we need to share today, that you bless our time together, and that our message is heard by those who need to hear it. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And welcome back to the Toxin Terminator. I'm so glad you guys are back with us again. My guest today, you guys are absolutely going to love. He is on a mission. He is a um, metabolic cellular biologist. He is a best-selling author. He is a speaker and a coach. He's the founder of Nutritional Fitness Program. He's been featured on CBS and NBC. And let me tell you, today we're going to hear his personal story about um, obesity and a heart attack. He reminds me of my husband. My husband had a heart attack very young as well. He is going to tell us how nutrition can boost our immune system. And boy, don't we need to hear about that today. He's going to talk about how really our bodies are just a series of chemical reactions and how we can um, change the course of maybe some of those chemical reactions to have a better outcome. And listen to this. He has a 92% success rate in keeping weight off for good. I want to hear about that. And and this was with, with well over a thousand, like 1,300 plus clients. We're not talking one or two. This is a large number. My guest today is Belden Combe. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you for having me, Amy. Looking forward to this. It's going to be fun. It is. It's going to be fun. We had we had a great time in the pre-interview, um, which was which was great. We got we got off onto lots of other topics here, but let's talk about your personal story because I find that 
you know, everybody's got a reason they do what they do. There's a personal story behind it. So let's talk about what you did and what you went through. Yeah, it kind of seems to me that all the great stuff in life starts with tragedy, right? The best art, the best film, the best songs, everything starts with tragedy. And that's kind of where it was for me. The first 25 years of my adult life, I was in the building industry, custom home builder. And at 39 years old, I started early, yeah, building homes. At 39 years old, though, I woke up in the ER with my first of three major coronary events. And on that one especially, I really, honestly, truly didn't think I was going home. Wow. I was in the hospital. And I wasn't scared, really. I was profoundly regretting the fact that I wasn't going to get to say goodbye to anybody. That really was my, my overarching thought. But I did come home, and when I came home, I remember really, really clearly sitting on the couch with a cup of coffee in my robe, just kind of at the bottom of the deepest, darkest pit, not having any vision at all of how to get out of it and how to elevate. I had already, before this event happened, talked to my doctors, talked to nutritionists, talked to all the people you're supposed to talk to about how to reverse what was happening with my body. I didn't feel good. I was waking up in the middle of the night thinking I was going to drown in my own in my own juices, if you will, from, yeah. from regurgitation. I had so many things going wrong in my body, no energy. I would sit in a lawn chair in the lawn wanting so bad to want to play with my kids. And I had a client that actually put this in perspective when they said, you know, Belden, I'm so tired, I can't even want to get out of my chair and play with my kids. And that's where I was. Oh, yeah. And I, I hadn't reached any success until finally I'm in the ER. And the thing that I finally did was go back to school and start learning how the body works because it's the only path I could see out of it. And when I did that and I started research and, and studying deeper and deeper, I was shocked at how little we know about our body and how our body works. I mean, even the basics mm-hmm. that we should be taught in grade school, we just don't know. And learning that kind of turned things around for me and gave me the opportunity to start doing things for my body the way my body is designed and the way my body is worked. And the rest from there is kind of history, right? That's that's amazing. And You're right. You know, everything happens from tragedy, despair. You know, we all have to hit our rock bottom and, you know, figure out, okay, now what? Um, So when you're going through that process of, you know, you had three, you know, um, cardiological issues, I'm going to say heart attacks or, or something, you know, close to that. Were were the doctors, and you were seeing the doctors, right? You were talking to them. Were they prescribing medications? Was anybody talking to you about lifestyle at all? Or was it all just here, take this pill, you know, and and let's do X, Y, Z, right? When you're in a doctor's office and they're talking about lifestyle, and and yeah, they they talk about lifestyle within their realm of of knowledge, which Mm -hmm. is very, very minimal. Doctors in the West are reactive. And they want to keep you comfortable. It's it's not about healing the problem. And they told me, yeah, dude, you need to move around more. You need to exercise. You need to eat better. And I'm like, what does that mean? Tell me how to eat better. Right. Well, you just need to stop eating this crap. Okay. I stopped eating that crap and I wasn't getting better. Right. Now what do I do? Yeah. Oh, well, you should stop doing this stuff too. And 
I'm finally like, come on, you're telling me, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that. What do I do? <laughs> what is the positive action I can take? Stop telling me what not to do. Right. What can I do? And you get blank faces. You yeah. get absolutely blank faces because they don't know. So you go to a nutritionist and you're like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you know, you need to eat this and this and this, and that doesn't work. And so you're like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. But the problem with the nutritionists is they know really, really well what's in food, which right. is great. Right. But they, but they don't know how that food interacts with your body at the cellular level, which is a hole. That's a big, big hole. And that's why I went back to school to study what I did. Cellular biology. I want to know how cells work because if we know how they work, then we can leverage how they work. And then we can say, okay, this food interacts with our cells a certain way. So yeah, the doctors talk about it, but not with any clarity. And that's what's really, really missing. You ask anyone, oh, I'm trying to eat healthy. What does that mean to you? Oh, well, I'm going to the gym and I'm trying not to eat crap. And I'm like, okay, going to the gym has nothing to do with your nutrition. So let's set that in a different category. Right. And I'm trying not to eat crap does not tell you how to eat healthy. It's a, it's a word that means nothing. It means absolutely nothing if people try to bring clarity to it. Right. So that's, that's my mission now is to bring that kind of clarity to people. What do I do? Right. Great. Let's talk about that. Yes. I love that because, and now you, you said you went back to school to study the um, metabolic cellular processes you wanted to know how do our cells work mm-hmm. i want my question to you is because this is going to take us down a whole road here but <laughs> you find that while there is very much similarities between people that everybody's body chemistry is a little bit different is that a true statement or not so there's a yes and a no to that Okay. And, and the thing is, Amy, all of medicine, Western, Eastern, ancient, modern, all of medicine is based on the fact that we are essentially the same. Right. You, open us, you open us up, everything's where it belongs. If mm-hmm. it's healthy, it's doing the same thing, what it's supposed to do. Your body chemistry is pretty much the same. Obviously, there's differences. If you're a woman compared to if you're a man, you have different hormones in the beaker, right? Right. And it it helps this conversation if we think of our body that way. Our body is a beaker. Everything happening inside is chemistry. Okay. So if if we think of the beaker, then we can think of what's in the beaker because that's going to affect the chemical reaction, right? So if we think of it that way, yeah, a woman's body is different than a man's body. uh, Premenopausal is different than postmenopausal. Older is different than younger because what our body is putting into the beaker changes. But those changes are small changes. They're not huge changes. And we need to remember that because we only need to make small corrections to bring ourselves back into balance. It's not a huge correction, right? And this is a problem when somebody says, hey, look, we found this new berry in the middle of Africa. It's called an Asia berry. So good for you. You just need to eat hundreds of these things. In fact, forget about eating hundreds of these things. We're going to take hundreds of them and take all of that goodness and put it into a pill you can take. No, you don't need to make those massive kinds of changes. Okay. Small changes to bring that chemical 
back into balance in the beaker so that we create the, the energy or the, the chemistry that serves us individually the very best. So the answer to your question is we're basically the same. We have small changes. Okay. So the difference between people, for instance, the thing that I keep thinking off the top of my head is like um, years ago when I used to wear perfume, perfume would smell different on different women. You could wear the same perfume, but it's going to smell different on different women. Mm -hmm. So while the makeup is all the same within our bodies. It's what we've added into the beaker as well that's gonna make the chemical reaction different for each person. Am mm -hmm. I understanding that? Yeah, in fact, if you were to think of this as a beaker, this is actually my water bottle because I'm weird that way, but let's call it, <laughs> let's call it a beaker. It looks, if, it looks if, close. Yeah, if we're not getting the reaction out of this beaker that we want, mm -hmm. Put a bunch of stuff in, we don't get the reaction we want. One of three things has gone wrong. Either we didn't put the right stuff in, mm -hmm. or we put something in there that didn't belong in there, or we didn't get it in there in the right balance. Those are the three things we need to look at in our body. So if we're putting on weight, that's not the right reaction. Right. So the question is, if there's something in there that doesn't belong in there, okay. and this is where you work with toxins. Are we putting stuff in there that's poisoning the body and creating a toxic environment, right? If we are, stop putting that in there, right? <laughs> if we've got that handle, did we get in there what we need to get in there? Because okay. if we don't, the reaction's not going to happen if we don't have the right chemistry in the beaker. And the last one is, do we have the right balance? And I think this is the one that even people who are super health conscious are missing. Is okay. it the balance? The balance matters. Too much of one thing and not enough of another still creates the wrong reaction. So we need to focus on those three. Okay. So we, um, my audience knows a lot of what not to put in there, mm -hmm. uh, you know, already. And, and we could spend hours upon hours with, with, with that. Um, but what I'm, the piece I'm um, most interested in is what do we need? to put back in there. Uh, I want to hear, I want to hear all about that. It, it, what we need to add in instead of just what we're taking out, removing, right? We, 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 we go down that route with the doctors, right? Don't do, don't, don't do. Let's talk about what we can do. Yeah. In fact, half of what your doctor is telling you to put in there is a pill full of chemicals that are going to make an imbalanced reaction. So the next thing your doctor does is prescribes another pill to counteract the side effects of the first one. Right. And now we've screwed our chemistry even more. Yep. I worked with one heart patient that was taking 22 medications every day. Three of them were for her heart. Three. The other 19 were to counteract the side effects. Of the, of were, the three. Yeah. That were happening. Yeah, you it's know, crazy. So let's talk I about... Mm -hmm. I, I don't... Um, I don't fault doctors, medical doctors, the, the, the training that they get is the training that they get. Um, I, I shared with you before we, we started going live here that uh, my mom just had a transplant surgery. And I was part of the you know meeting with the team and, and post-surgery, we met with uh, several nutritionists actually. And 
I, I, my parents, first of all, do not subscribe and they don't listen to this. So I can say whatever I want subscribe <laughs> to my, my way of living at all. Mm-hmm. And so the nutritionist, they were asking things like, um, and I'm off on a tangent here, you know, mom won't drink water and they wanted her dr- drinking lots and lots of water. It was a kidney transplant. Well, can we add crystal light to her water so that, you know, she'll want to drink, you know, the, oh, yeah, that'll be perfect. You know, uh, the. Have you seen what's in that stuff? Oh, my gosh. Read the label on that stuff. Number one, one of their biggest concerns post-surgery was urinary tract infections. All right, crystal light is full of sugar. Sugar in the body is an inflammation and it's going to, and it feeds urinary tract infections. I don't know, maybe not a good thing to be telling a post-transplant person, but it's just, they don't talk about that stuff. And the you know, meals. You know something, Amy? Your, your listeners will benefit from this. There's an exercise I do at my workshops to show people what you just said in a way they can understand right away. Oh, good. We go to my workshops and I make people eat sugar. I know, I know, I know, but I do it for a very good reason. Okay. We take packets like coffee shop size packets, Uh sugar, and we give them out to people at, at our breakout sessions. And we say, just take this packet. I mean, you're putting like five of these in your coffee. All right. Right. I'm going to give you just one, take that packet rip it open and we all hold it there waiting. And when I give the signal, boom, we all just eat that packet of sugar straight up. Okay. And then while I'm talking to people, I wait, you know, 20, 25, 30 seconds. And I say, are you guys feeling anything? No prompts. I don't tell them what they should feel. I just, are you guys feeling anything? And they're like, yeah, I feel like itchy right here. And somebody else will say kind of hurts right here. And, And somebody else will say, it just feels like my throat is restricting. And I'm like, guys, that is a half a teaspoon of sugar, a half a teaspoon. And what you're feeling is inflammation. That's how fast it happens. You're feeling the inflammation in your throat and you're feeling it because you took the sugar raw by itself. Now you disguise 22 of those in a Coke. And what do you think you're doing to every part of your body? Oh. Right. And oh. now you have now you have a six pack of Coke or a two liter of Coke and you add on top of that your Cinnabon and your your whatever else. And, well, and, and that inflammation that you felt from a half a teaspoon, you're now feeling in every joint, every part of your body, every part of the body. And what people don't understand is that sugar is disguised in so many ways in our food through um, corn syrup and, you know, just different names that it's used. And it's crazy to me how much sugar we take. I, I knew this number at one time. Do you know what it is? At the time, in terms of how much we eat is on average, it's, yeah. it's enormous. It's just monstrous. It's something yeah. to the order of 22 teaspoons a day on average. Yeah. But we're taking it in. And at the time I wrote my book, which was three and a half years ago, we found 88 different names for sugar on ingredient labels. 88 different names for sugar, different types of sugar, different configurations of sugar, but it's all ultra processed, hyper processed sugar. And you'll very often look at a label and you'll see three or four or five different types of sugar on the same label, meaning in terms of volume in that product, more than half the product is sugar. It's it's nuts. 
it's that's so crazy to me. And you and I both know, you know, what sugar does to the body. By the way, what Belden didn't tell us all in his story is, you know, when he went through these, you know, heart attacks at such a young age that he didn't share with you that he lost over a hundred pounds. And maybe I'm stepping ahead in the story here, um, but this is important because I think it's when we look to someone as being a mentor, someone we want to listen to, someone we want to learn something from, it's important that they've stepped in the shoes that we're going to be stepping into, right? Oh, I totally believe that. I totally believe that. What, what I learned from this process, Amy, was really fascinating to me because my doctors wanted me to lose weight to prevent a heart attack before they happened. My doctors wanted me to lose weight to prevent a heart attack, and I fought hard to lose weight, and I never could with any kind of permanence. Mm-hmm. Some of the things I did, I would lose weight, I would gain it back. I mean, you guys know the story. Everybody knows how it works. Struggle, struggle, fight, 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 but I was trying to lose weight. When I went back to school, I stopped trying to lose weight. And I instead tried to create a healthy cellular environment, a healthy core in my body. And guess what happened? When I focused on creating a healthy core, 105 pounds fell off my body without ever trying to lose weight even once. Oh. Without ever trying. This, this is when I realized, I mean, in, in a huge way, and this is what I work with on my clients, we do not do a single thing to help a client lose weight ever. And yet I have clients that have lost as much as 230 and more pounds. And people who have struggled to lose weight for years suddenly find it just falling off of their body, not because they're trying to lose weight, but because we're creating a healthy core in the body. Weight is a side effect of a sick body. And when you go to a doctor and they say, oh, you have a clean bill of health and you're 80 pounds overweight, No, you do not have a clean bill of health. You just don't have anything showing up on a blood test yet. You create a healthy environment in the body, weight falls off because you no longer need the side effect of that that sick body. And it was profound to me how fast that weight fell off. It took six months for me. One of my clients lost 231 pounds in 13 months. And it's just profound how fast it goes away without even trying if your number one concern is that healthy body. It's like trying to find a a spouse, right? (laughs) You can go out and just search so hard for that person that's perfect for you and you get the crap person after crap person after crap person. But if you just focus on being a better person, guess what? You draw that right person like a magnet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it's exactly the same. You got to focus on the right thing. Yep. Focus on that core body health and the rest happens. So yeah, I've definitely walked in those shoes and keeping the weight off is the easiest part of this because we've already created the healthy core. Did you know that many of us have symptoms of toxin overload in our bodies, but we don't even know it? Signs of a toxic overload could be headaches, fatigue, insomnia, skin issues like acne and psoriasis, and hormonal imbalances, and the list just keeps on going. But the problem I had, and I'm sure many of you have had, is how can you know how well you're managing your toxic risk? That's why I've put together a free toxic risk assessment that will help you discover what products might be contributing to your toxic symptoms and what small changes you can make to detox and cleanse your health. After you take the assessment, you're going to get my free toxic free home shopping guide. 
This is the easy button for finding the right products to shop for. These are the products I've been using in my home and the products I give my stamp of approval on. Take your free assessment now at amycarlson.com to get on the path of detoxing and cleansing your health. I think, you know, you and I both know the the rate of obesity in our country today. It's it's crazy the numbers uh that that are out there. And there's so many people going out there trying this diet, that diet, eat this way. There's paleo, keto, I don't even know all the named O's, you know, that are out there. You know, um, Amy, can I use that as a segue to answer a question you asked earlier? Yes, please because do. This is the perfect place because every diet out there, just about, they do one of two things. They either tell you to remove an entire food group. Mm-hmm. So the keto guys are telling you to get rid of carbs. The vegans are telling you to get rid of, of meat proteins. And everybody's trying to just completely obliterate an entire category of food, right? Yeah. Or they're out there telling you to eat whatever the hell you want, just count your calories and don't eat so much, right? They're telling you one of those two things. And neither one of those are working. If they were, I mean, gosh, we've got more than a third of the country right now following keto. We've got a big chunk of the country going with the vegan diets. We've got over two thirds of the country on some kind of diet and we're still escalating our obesity rate. So clearly these things aren't working. Let's stop pretending they are. Right. People get results for a little while and then those results go away. They don't stick. The numbers prove it. Let's just stop that debate. Okay. Okay. But the thing is, the keto people are saying you gotta you gotta create ketosis in your body because oh man, look at what it does. It makes you think more clearly, it makes your brain work better, and it does. They're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And you got the vegans saying, hey, people on keto diets are over time developing kidney problems and developing other problems in their body. You got to be on the, on the vegan diet so that you don't get those problems. And you know what? They're absolutely right too. Mm-hmm. The body needs both oh. biologically. And this is one really cool thing I learned taking the course of study that I did biologically. If you have both ketones and glucose in your bloodstream, your brain and your heart will biologically default default to ketones. That's what they prefer to use to fire up their energy. We don't know why. We just know they do. Okay. The rest, the rest of your body, though, will automatically defer to glucose to fire up their energy. That's oh, all of your skin cells, your muscle cells. Uh-huh. I, oh, you just like totally blew me away here. So the, okay. the brain... Wants to default to ketones. As does the heart. As does the heart. But the rest of the body wants to go to the glucose for energy. If both are present in your bloodstream, the brain and the heart will default to ketones and the rest of your entire body will default to glucose. And while we don't know why, we do know one thing, and we know this with absolute certainty. If you work with what your biology wants to do, you'll see success. If you fight what your biology wants to do, you're going to see failure. So if our, if our body biologically defaults this way, it's important that you have both in your bloodstream. Okay. It's important that you have an omnivorous diet because you get both in your bloodstream that way. When you digest fats and, and proteins along those lines, 
you have ketones in your body. When you digest carbohydrates, you get glucose in your body. And when you have both, you wind up with a stronger body and a sharper mind. And why would I only want one of those? Why would I not want both of those? This is like going so against so many of the things that I have learned, um, Belden. I love what you're saying. So like, um, what are your thoughts on intermittent fasting then? Because intermittent fasting is trying to tell the body to get into that fat adaptive state that, you know, that ketone state using the ketones versus the glucose so that you're, you can get, you know, rid of the belly fat. You can, you know... Um, us women who are over 50, you have the cellulite processing on our bodies. I bet you got a better answer for us. <laughs> <laughs> I love working with, with women over 50 for two really good reasons. Mm. One is there's an entire army of women over 50 who tell everybody, don't talk to him. He's a man. What the hell does he know? Right? <laughs> but we have such great success. Demographically, if you look at my clients and the women in my clients, over half of my clients are over 50 and we have tremendous success. But here's the thing, intermittent fasting when it first started, when it first became a thing, was basically 16 and eight. Fast for 16 hours, get all of your eating within eight hours. And I used to laugh at that because I'm like, dude, that's just three squares a day when I was a kid. That's a normal eating. Yeah. That wasn't intermittent fasting. You just woke up in the morning, did your chores. You ate before school. You ate lunch at school. You ate when you came home from school. You did your chores. You went to bed. All of your eating was within eight hours anyway. So it's like what you're calling IF, we just called three squares a day. That's how we grew up. Right. That's how everybody grew up, by the way. When I was a kid, that was the norm. Yeah. And I'm 55, so I'll, I'll date myself. I go back to, you know, born in 1965. And, and my, my formative years were in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Curiously, in the 70s is when everything started to change. And I remember that time when there were greens, leafy greens on your plate every day. Mm-hmm. That was just something that every cook in every family understood. Mm-hmm. Right? We didn't have the science we do today to understand why. But everybody understood those had to be there. And the rule in my house was you eat those before you leave the table. I don't care if you eat your cornbread, you're eating those leafy greens before you leave the table. That was the rule. Yeah. And we knew that. Through the 70s is when more and more and more families became dual income families. Mm-hmm. Both parents were out working. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that happened, food companies jumped on that bandwagon with convenience foods, right? Yeah. By the end of the 70s, we were eating TV dinners three and four times a day, or three and four times a week, I mean. We're eating TV dinners. We're we're eating all of this, you know, just throw it in the microwave. Microwaves were coming on the scene in the late 70s. And throw it in the microwave. This is so easy. And here's how it went. When I left grade school, there were two fat kids in my class. And I'm sorry to use a word. I know it's not PC now, but that's what we called them back then. Yep. There were two, two of my class. I remember their names to this day, Larry and Leanne. I don't remember their names because they were my best friends. I remember their names because there were only two. Right. Right. Kind of stood out. Right. By the, by the time I left middle school, maybe a quarter of my class was over, overweight and a number of them were already moving into obesity. By the time I graduated high school, 
I was obese and so was a third of my class. <clears throat> and by the time I graduated college, my graduating class was primarily obese. I lived through these changes. Yeah. The thing is they blindsided us. If my mom had known that eating TV dinners and the other convenience foods were going to have this effect on us, never would have done it. Never right. would have. We had a garden out back. My mom knew how to catch. She never would have done it, but we didn't know. Right. And we, and we got blindsided. But the thing is now we do know. Exactly. And now that we do know, we have a huge chunk of the population that has lost touch with what balanced eating was. And we need to re-educate because we have so many people that are like, I'm trying to eat healthy. What does that mean? Oh, well, I'm having my protein bar and I'm having my meal replacement shake and I'm doing this and this. And no, those things aren't helping you. Those things are not helping you, but they don't know what to do. And we're back to that same thing. Yeah. Stop talking about what you need to not do. I mean, definitely don't do what you need to not do. Right. Start understanding what to do, right? Yeah. I laugh at... Um... I go back to my parents because, you know, I just spent so much time with them. But my daddy's, um, you know, I was cooking meals for them when I was there and I cook whole foods. I don't buy packages and, and that's just the way I cook. And my dad sat me down and he said, you know, look, I don't want you to get offended. But, um, you know, your mom and I really need to watch our weight. And so we're going to go back to eating the way that we did. And I just wanted to let you know that. And I said, oh, okay, well, tell me how I need to be cooking differently for you. Oh, well, we're going to start buying our, our uh, Weight Watcher meals, you know, in the, the you know, the healthy meals and the, the frozen dinners. And I'm like, Ah, you know, it was just like, you know, we're going to go back to eating healthy because we're watching calories and the, the concept of what healthy eating is, Belden, people don't understand. No, they don't. They don't. But there's one thing, if I can offer for your listeners, there's one thing that might help people to start to get the picture about what the problem is. You mind if I share it? Please do. <laughs> cool. There are hundreds, if not thousands of additives in our food supply. One of the very worst of them is a chemical called EDTA, which is in everything. It's in your sunscreen, it's in your cosmetics, it's in your food, it's everywhere. And even though the, the FDA itself has huge warnings about this stuff, it's still there. But I'm not gonna talk about EDTA today other than to say avoid it. What I wanna talk about is preservatives. Yes. Okay. Preservatives give food shelf life, right? EDTA is very often used as a preservative. It's in almost every jar of mayonnaise you're going to buy. And it's the reason that mayonnaise made out of eggs that should go bad in five to seven days, last five to seven years, and people can still use it straight out of the jar. But the thing is, what causes food to spoil? Food spoils from the action of bacteria, mm -hmm. right? So a preservative is designed to do what? Stop the action of bacteria. Right. Now, this sounds on the surface like a great thing. Right. Shelf life is awesome. It keeps food companies from losing money. It keeps you from having to throw out spoiled food in your house. It sounds awesome. But I want you to remember just one thing here. A preservative is designed to stop the action of bacteria. Now, how does food digest in your gut? Oh, yeah. The action of bacteria. And a preservative is designed to do what? Stop, Stop the action of bacteria. So even if you're putting the right thing in your body and it's filled with preservatives, your body cannot properly digest 
and assimilate it. Right. One of the first things that I get from my clients, it usually happens in the second week, is they call me up. Forgive me for this. I don't mean to be TMI, but they they get a hold of me and they're like, Belden, I'm hardly pooping. Is that normal? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because for the first time in your life, your body can use the food that you're putting into it. When you have all these preservatives packed into your food and your body cannot digest and use it, you push it right through. Gone. When, once you can use it, guess what? You don't have much waste. Food isn't designed to be wasted in your body. It's designed to be used. And for the first time, you can do that. You go and get your pre-processed Jenny Craig meals, your pre-processed Weight Watchers meals, your pre-processed keto crap, whatever it is. What is keeping it on your shelf for so long? Preservatives. What are those preservatives doing? Canceling your ability to use that food, no matter how good it might otherwise be. All right. That's one out of hundreds of stuff being put into your food that's causing your body to be unable to use it. Right. So you talked about the the evolution of, you know, and, and you and I are the same age born, you know, at the same time. And I can absolutely relate. We had the garden out back and we lived in, in the city, you know, you everybody did. Mom was at home, you know, to... Uh, when you were talking about, you know, fast foods and, and, and convenience foods, I remember um, McDonald's opening up. I remember when the first one came about and that was like a once in a quarter, you know, luxury that we could do because you just, you know, only dad worked. You just couldn't afford to take a family out, you know, mm-hmm. for dinner. We ate at home all the time. So let's talk about, here was the evolution of kind of how things went downhill for us. You talk about, let's, what do we want to put into that beaker? What do we want to fill in there so that we're making the body whole and getting, you know, getting us into a state of health and well-being? This is one of the funnest parts of putting together my program today, Nutritional Fitness, One of the funnest parts was converting the chemistry of the body, which of course is after your body has broken down the food, restructured the food, created it in stuff you need and sent to the cells. It's like, okay, how do we backtrack that now so that we create this healthy body chemistry through the food that we eat, not through supplements, not through stuff that doesn't belong there, but through the food that we eat. And how do we, how do we get this right okay we're we're basically starting inside the body and coming out and saying Mm -hmm. okay what we need exists in these foods and then we recategorized foods because what we want to do is create something like you and i had when we were kids mom didn't count calories she didn't count carbs she didn't know what a carb was right she didn't count protein she none of this right she just put the right stuff on the table like every other mom did because we knew what it was right right so we needed to recategorize foods people are thinking now in terms of how the government categorizes foods which is 100% pure politics has nothing to do with what your body needs so we recategorized foods this way okay dark leafy greens are their own category of food. Why? Because they literally contain 85% of all of the building blocks that your body needs to survive and thrive. They're found in dark leafy greens. Calcium is in there. Most of your your vitamins are in there. B vitamins that people look for in other places exist in some leafy greens. And we we want to really maximize those. So that became a food category in nutritional fitness. Okay. 
The second food category was other vegetables that tend to be very fibrous. They're their own category because these are the things that clean you out. And if you're not getting that, that fiber each day, then you're actually creating an unhealthy environment by just not being able to keep the body clean, right? Right, right. So that's its own category. And then the other two categories are your proteins and your carbohydrates, which need each other in the body. And we have to understand this. Okay. Proteins need carbohydrates to assimilate properly. Carbohydrates need proteins in order to be metered in the body properly. They need each other. Okay. So because they need each other, they need to be kept in a certain balance. And if we eat more proteins, we need to be more carbohydrates to match. If we eat less, we need to keep them matched. This, the standard American diet, right? SAD, as we all know, SAD, has your carbohydrates way up here, your proteins way down here, so out of balance that, that your body cannot properly use either one. These need to be kept in balance. So we've created the four groups, dark leafy greens, fibrous vegetables, proteins, carbohydrates. The dark leafy vegetables need to be the majority of what you eat by volume. Okay. And then, and then your proteins and your carbohydrates, again, need to be kept in that balance, right? Okay. And the balance isn't how many grams of this and how many grams of that. That's a stupid way to keep track of things, right? <laughs> <laughs> a, a health, well, it is. It's, just, it's ridiculously difficult, and nobody's ever going to do it. I love right? your no-nonsense approach. Like, who's got a scale? <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, I, I illustrate this to my clients by the fact. I grew up in the Yakima Valley up in Washington, and it's apple territory. I mean, every place up there is orchards. You can almost double the sugar in an apple by leaving it on the tree one day longer. Really? Right. So if we're trying to count grams of something, we say an apple has this many grams of carbohydrate. If it's in the in the in the harvest season and it stays on the tree another day, the grams almost double of sugar. So we're sitting here trying to count something when nature itself is not that consistent and precise. Right. So let's right. just let's just stick with nature itself and say an apple is a serving of carbohydrates for a meal, no matter how many grams of sugar is in that apple and roughly six ounces of a meat protein. That's like roughly a chicken breast, or as long as it's not a Franken chicken, it's roughly a chicken breast or roughly, you know, a pork chop or roughly, you know, it's in that neighborhood. So keep those, two things, keep those two things balanced, right? Yeah, filet. And if you want to have, if you're, if you're hungry on this meal, you've been out doing whatever, and you have, you know, another half of filet, great, have another half an apple. Okay. And just keep it Keep them in balance this way. But think in, in talking the way nature talks, right? right. Don't, don't count grams and get silly about it. Just an apple and, and roughly a portion of meat. And then have your vegetables and your fibers or your leafy greens and your fibrous vegetables. That is going to keep a healthy body healthy. What we do in nutritional fitness is we help people who don't have a healthy body. Their chemistry is over here skewed. We get it back to that healthy spot. Once you're in that healthy spot, what I just told you is going to keep you there for life. Right, right. And um, so as we, um, I liked how you said before that that oh, uh, weight is just a side effect of a sick body. And, mm -hmm. and so what you're doing with your clients is you're not even talking about weight at all. You're talking about them getting, you know, you, you show the meter and, and we're podcast. So I know you guys aren't going to see this, but he's showing like a meter reading. 
and, you know, getting the meter back into the middle here. And when we do that, besides weight loss, what can we expect to, to experience in our bodies? So when I did this myself, I obviously had heart disease. We already talked about that. I have zero trace of heart disease today. And my cardiologist, when I first went in and there was, it was just gone. I had no issues whatsoever. Took me off all the medications, checked me again. I still had no issues whatsoever. He's like, what the heck did you do? Uh Right? My client, I told you, had 22 medications for heart disease. Her heart was full of stents. Her cardiologist called me and said, I don't know what you did. I don't care what you did. Keep doing it. Awesome. he also said, by the way, I'm going to keep her on one of her medications just because I really don't believe that this happened. <laughs> so I'm going to keep her on one just in case. Um, heart disease is what we call a chronic condition. It's not a contagious condition. It's not a sickness that we acquire from exposure. It's a chronic condition. And what that really means is we did it to ourselves. Right. Diabetes type 2 is a chronic condition. So many things in our body are chronic conditions. They exist because we put them there by the choices that we made in what we put in our body. And that means we can get rid of them by the choices we make in what we put in our body. Now, I want to be clear on this. There is a tipping point. There is a point at which diabetes turns into all kinds of problems that don't get to be reversed. There are certain things that when they're broken, you don't get them back. Right. A heart a heart attack kills a piece of your heart. Mm-hmm. I don't get I don't get that back. It's going to stay dead, right? So certain things once they're broken, you don't get them back. But right. the chronic condition itself can go away the exact same way that it got there, right. and that's by changing what you put in your body and, and creating that healthy core. So what can you expect besides obesity being reversed or even weight gain being reversed? Mm-hmm. You you can expect blood pressure to completely normalize. You can expect your blood sugar numbers to be completely normalized. And this is an interesting one because I have type one diabetics in the program, Mm -hmm. which are going to be diabetic for life. Type one, you're not, you're not producing insulin at all, but even in those situations, we're still normalizing blood sugars and we're seeing their, their blood sugars in A1C completely come to normal even though they're going to have to continue using their insulin through their life. They're able to get some stability. Right. Well, and then they can they can reduce the amount of insulin required in order, you know, to keep those numbers down there. My niece that lived with my husband and I for years after my brother passed away was a type one diabetic who, by the way, was diagnosed with diabetes within six months of her father dying. And diabetes, if you go to the emotion behind it, it's grief. So it was very interesting that she developed that. And she was 12 years old when she developed her diabetes. Um By giving her the proper nutrition, we were able to reduce down her um, insulin levels that she had to give herself. And the doctor said, I have never seen a child of this age get to such a low A1C number. We usually expect that in an adult. So I, I believe that 100% that while we can't reverse it, because once you don't make the insulin, you don't make it. Um, but we can add in. The less medicine we have to put into the body, the better off our body's going to be and keeping that chemical balance, right? 100%, 100%. And then type two can go away. So we can expect that. One of the things I think is the coolest, and you can see this the fastest, we get this result in 10 to 14 days. 
is we have people that come to work with us because when they get out of bed, they're groggy. They're slapping the alarm 12 times by two in the afternoon. They just want to nap by the time they get home from work and they push through work because they have to, and they come home and they have nothing left for their family except sit in front of the TV and, and waste the, the rest of the day away. One of the first things you see when you change to something like nutritional fitness or a food program that works, Mm -hmm. one of the first things you see is energy that makes all of that go away. You start bouncing out of bed in the morning ready to go. You find yourself not, I mean, you're more productive at work because you're not pushing through. You simply have the energy to do it. You get home and you start working on projects in the house that have been sitting on the shelf for years. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you're driving. No, you're not driving yourself to. You just have the energy to and you want to. And we see that really, really, really quickly. And we see that when people stop thinking that calories are energy, which I've never understood anyway, because if calories are energy and you drink 18,000 of them in a day, you should have unlimited energy, right? <laughs> and you're not. You're freaking crashing before noon. Clearly, calories are not energy, right? right. If you start understanding what ATP is, which is one of the first things we teach our clients, ATP is adenosine triphosphate. That is the energy of your cells. If we understand it's ATP, not calories, how do I get my ATP working, right? And ATP is cool because it never leaves your cells. It's always there. You don't have to eat to get more of it. None of it is ever gonna go away. All you've got to do is keep it working. And if we can keep it working properly, then you have literally unlimited energy. You know, ATP is a molecule that's highly volatile. It explodes. It it blows up, literally. When it blows up, it releases this tremendous amount of energy that the cell captures and uses. And then you have a busted up molecule, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a process in the body called the Krebs cycle or the citric acid cycle that basically puts the stuff into a beaker along with this busted up molecule and the chemical reaction puts the molecule back together. Now you have ATP. So ATP goes, blows up, releases energy, goes into your mitochondria, chemically gets put back together, comes out, blows up, goes in, gets put back together, comes out, blows up. Literally you have limitless energy for your entire life. As long as you have the right stuff in the beaker to make that reaction happen. Uh. But if you don't have the right stuff in the beaker, the reaction doesn't happen and you get tired. Right. You find it hard to think. You get brain fog. You're tired at two in the afternoon. But man, if you know how this stuff works and you stop trying to balance this thing that doesn't matter and instead just get the right stuff in the beaker to fire this up, we see energy starting to just boom in people in 10 to 14 days after starting work with them. We see chronic conditions going away between weeks and a few months. We see weight falling off, you know, progressively through the whole process. It's just beautiful. It is so much fun. Oh, I, 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 I can just see. I wish people could see you, and they will because we'll, <laughs> we'll put stuff up on on YouTube as well. But you can just see your energy. You can see the passion, you know, that you have driving you behind this. And I, I get that because when I can help somebody feel better, that is just like the best feeling ever. Um, you know, being able to to do that. So we're getting to the end of our hour. And my gosh, it has like flown by for us. Um, I hope it is for everybody else. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Um, but I want to I want to give you kind of time to number one tell people how to reach you if they want to get into your nutritional fitness program how do they do that how do they connect with you and then do you have any final thoughts you want to leave the listeners with as we wrap this up yeah a hundred percent so my company is called nutritional fitness because that's what we do mm -hmm. everybody thinks fitness is in the gym right 80% of fitness is what you put into your body. That's nutritional fitness. That's us. Um, you can reach us super easily on our website, which is Iwantnf.com. I want nutritional fitness. Iwantnf.com. Super easy. And there's a big yellow button there. If you want to have a conversation with me about what that looks like for you, just push the button and let's talk. Right now, we're doing something because of coronavirus and COVID-19. One of the biggest pieces of personal health is the thing you never hear talked about, and that is having the strongest possible immune system that you can have. Look, there is a very good chance that like every disease that has ever come through anywhere, whether it's a cold, the flu, or COVID-19, you're going to get this in your body. Mm -hmm. The question is, what's your body going to do with it once it's there? Are you going to build an antibody to fight it out and, let, and leave you immune to it? Or do you have a weak body that's going to allow it to take root? So right now we have a brand new program that we've released for free. Why for free? Because people need it and it's the right thing to do. It's called Immunity Jumpstart. And if you go to our website, IWantNF.com, you're going to see a coronavirus COVID-19 update. Click that and it will get you into Immunity Jumpstart absolutely free. And go there do it. There's absolutely no reason not to. You can strengthen your immune system literally tomorrow just by putting the right building blocks for it to use today, right? You can strengthen your immune system that fast. So yes. to not to not do that is, is just completely negligent for your own personal health and well-being. So yeah, that's that's our biggest push right now. And yeah, thank you very much for letting us spread that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the, I think if you want to look at any good coming out of this virus and, and all the pandemic that's been spread around is that more and more people are really dialing into their health and in protecting their health, right? It's not just their health, but it's, you know, how do I protect my health? How do I make an impact on my overall health? So I think it's it's powerful um, with people like you and I that can go out and spread messages because you can, you can make a difference every single day in how your body responds to many different things. And remember, and I know you know this too, but, but for all of your listeners, remember, big muscles do not make you healthy. They <laughs> might look great, but they do not mean that you are healthy. You have got to get the right stuff in your body. It's not all about what you're doing at the gym. I love that. Belden, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Um, you have broke it down in, in such easy terms for all of us to follow. And I'm excited to, you know, dive into these four categories and make sure that I'm getting all that I need in, in those categories. It has been a pleasure talking to you, Amy. You are just, I wish people could see you too. You're just like bright and energetic. I love this. 
<laughs> thank you. You take care. You too. Thank you. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator. And we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.